Section 6 of Birds and Nature, Volume 12, Number 2, September 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rowan Etzel. Find me on YouTube under Rowan Etzel. On Jeweled Wings there are few or none who fail to delight in the beauty of the butterfly, while to the thinker its different stages of existence are rich with lessons in which the analogy-loving soul of man can revel to fullest gratification. Flitting about above the things of earth, it seems to descend for rest only, or to sip the sweets of some nectar-bearing flower. In the sunshine all day long, chasing at will through field or woodland, and with no more care than the so-called butterflies of fashion, not so much, for it needs to give no thought to the fashion or fit of its garb, it basks till nightfall in the delights that go to make up its ethereal existence. But whenever we thus watch the brilliant little creature, we should remember that it has come up through many changes and tribulations to this its last and perfect stage. Weeks, months, or, as in the case of one or two species, three years before, a tiny egg was deposited in some safe, secluded spot the parent butterflies dying soon after, because of their mission being then accomplished. The egg is the first stage of the butterfly, as it is also of the moth. The eggs of the different species vary greatly in size and shape, and are deposited in as many different kinds of places. Some are placed on the underside of leaves, others on the outside of the cocoon. Some are glued together in rings around the smaller branches of fruit trees, others on the interior of beehives. In this stage they remain for periods varying from a few weeks to three years, when the larva or caterpillar state is entered upon. The larvae are very greedy, beginning to eat as soon as hatched, and devouring the leaves, spreading themselves over the web prepared for them by the parent, ravaging the fruit trees, or routing the bees from the rightful possessions. A number of changes of skin take place during the larval stage, ranging from five to ten. Some are smooth-skinned, and are used by insectivorous animals for food, while others are hairy and on this account are rejected as food, the hair having the power of stinging much the same as nettles. Having attained its full growth, the instincts of the caterpillar undergo a change. It ceases to eat, and begins to weave a couch or cocoon round about itself, by which it is finally more or less enclosed. It then throws off the caterpillar or larval skin, and appears in the third stage. This state of its existence seems to me the most mysterious, and therefore the most interesting. More than one of these cocoons have I found attached to walls, fences, limbs, and in similar places, looking as though they were but the dried-up remains of some species of insect life. But there was life within them, a germ which sooner or later would spring forth in all the wonderful beauty of the moth or the butterfly. This third period is termed the pupa, nymph, or chrysalis state. Its duration varies from a few weeks to several months, according to the time of year at which it enters this stage. The common cabbage butterfly, which rears two broods during the season, is quickest to make the change, only a few weeks of the pupa form being necessary. Some remain in the chrysalis a month or more, appearing in the butterfly form at the close of the summer. Those becoming encased in autumn are like the hibernating animals in many respects, lying dormant the winter through. The only sign of life ever discovered in the pupa is a convulsive twitching when irritated, and for this reason those who know nothing of the hidden beauties of butterfly life 
miss a great deal of pleasure in not being able to study the seemingly lifeless chrysalis. When mature, the pupa case cracks toward the anterior end, and the butterfly or moth crawls forth with wings which, though at first small and crumpled up, in a few hours attain their full size. As soon as they are strong enough, the new creature mounts upon them, and, if it be a butterfly, flies out into the sunlight, while the moth hies away to some dark corner until nightfall. Then for the first time in its existence it rises upon wings to enjoy the summer zephyrs. I remember having watched one butterfly leave the chrysalis, and, though but a child at the time, I shall never outlive the impressions which that rare pleasure left with me. It was one of the large-winged, black-white and yellow fellows, which every one admires so much, and which species is regarded as a treasure here in these central states. Little by little the ugly casing opened, and when I first saw the baby butterfly, he was like a tiny mass of mingled colors, with neither life nor shape to give me an idea of the sort of creature into which he would develop. Soon he began to move uneasily, like a child awaking out of a long sleep. Then he stretched his wings leisurely, as though proud to have found them at last. Next he drew himself up, and finished bursting his paper-like shell, gained a foothold on the plank on which we had placed him, and looked about with a seemingly very much surprised, though gratified, air. Meanwhile he kept working his wings and stretching them anon, very impatient because of their, to him, slow growth. At last he gained the confidence to try them, and within an hour from the time we first saw him he had arisen and flown away into the sunshine to seek his place in the world. Butterflies and moths are widely distributed all over the globe, occurring, however, in greatest variety and abundance in tropical lands. They are found as far north as Spitsbergen, on the Alps to the height of 9,000 feet, and to double that height on the Andes. In Great Britain there are 66 species, while in all Europe only 390 have been enumerated. In Brazil there are about 700, and the total number of species of moths is about 2,000. Among the butterflies are to be found some exceedingly beautiful insects, some of them very large, especially in the tropical belt. The butterflies are to insects what the hummingbirds are to the feathered tribes, the analogy holding good not only in the brilliant colors and manner of flight, but also in the nature of their nutriment, the honeyed juices of flowers. Both seem destined to brighten and beautify the way for man, while the lesson of immortality gathered from the life of the ethereal butterfly, like that conveyed by the beautiful and ever-wandering psyche of Greek mythology, is so easy of comprehension that we can but stop and wonder at the exquisite simplicity with which the all-wise Creator has clothed so important a truth. Claudia May Farron End of Section 6 Recording by Rowan Etzel Find me on YouTube under Rowan Etzel